Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Hi, welcome back to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. I just want to take a moment to remind everybody about Janae's life and leadership coaching. If you're stuck or you're frustrated with an area of life or leadership, Janae's coaching can help. One of the best things to do is to sign up for a consultation and talk with Janae about how coaching can help with whatever it is that you need work on. And you can find that at the godswordgiveshope.com website or janaeshatleycamp.com. Thank you, Amy. You know, people come with a variety of issues, but one thing that rings true for most situations is that what we believe and what we tell ourselves, how we see ourselves, it all impacts the behavior that is wanted to be changed. So we have to dive into that in coaching to some degree. I have an identity exercise that I've started to use with people to help clear the playing field, if you will, Mm. and ensure that we are operating from a strong foundation to build on so that the change can happen, which is one of the reasons why I love God's Word Gives Hope so much, because we are grounded in the Word of God, which was written long ago to give us hope and encouragement, and it is a foundation with which we can build on uh, for our identity. So we are glad that you are letting us be a part of whatever you are doing right now. <laughs> this week's podcast piggybacks off of last week's podcast to some degree. Last week, we talked about living out of the realities of the truths of heaven here on earth. And that one of those realities was we have a new life in Christ. And with that new life, we have a new identity. And there is so much of our world that is messed up. And part of that is that the world's view gives us all these false messages of how we should see ourselves. And then we take those on and we believe and we operate out of that. So today's verse will help us see better how we can walk out our new identity in Christ. In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 from the New Living Translation says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, that's so good. And I I love how the first part of that verse is that the old self has been crucified with Christ. You know, we talk about the old self and a part of something that can be an old self is false identities. You know, sometimes a false identity is labeling ourselves something we never were, but it can also be that person that we were before we met Jesus. You know, when we continue to view ourselves with a false identity, it creates space for the enemy to wreak havoc in our lives. Most of you guys know by now that I am adopted. And what if I chose instead of living like an adoptee with a home and a family and provision, I just chose to live like an orphan, a completely false identity. Sure, my parents had food on the table for me or clothing or shelter, but I'm going to sit outside in the rain in old tattered clothes and be hungry. That's illogical and it could be dangerous. I could make decisions based on this false identity I was accepting and it would be awful because the truth is I am adopted and I do have a place. And just like When we live in these false identities, 
we have a new identity in Christ that we are to live in and operate out of. That's right. The world has tried to tell me that I am not worthy, that I need to try harder, that you can't because you're a woman. Or now that I'm getting older, you can't because you're older. (laughs) Or when you were younger, you can't because you're younger. Exactly. (laughs) So many messages we have to learn to put down and reject and be committed. Strong word there, committed to walking in the way God has for us. Who does he say that we are? That's so good. I want to dig deeper in this verse, but I also want to give us a little context around it and why Paul is saying the words he's saying. So I'm going to include a little bit of the verses before and after. So 19 through 21 is what I'm going to read. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law and stopped trying to meet its requirements that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if if keeping the law could make us right with God, there would be no need for Christ to die. You know, Paul is arguing that people want to remain in this old identity and just focus on keeping a law that is impossible to keep in hopes that at some point they could earn themselves to righteousness. Paul says, no, we have to die to that old self and live in faith. If we could have kept the law, there would have been no reason for Christ to have died. Instead, we are not going to treat the grace of God as meaningless, but we are going to leave that old identity and hold fast to the new one that Jesus bought for us with his blood. Yes, and that's such a graphic, if you will. It says, for I have been crucified And I love the imagery, though, of these messages being crucified, that they're taken, they're put into the tomb. Jesus took it all, but when the stone was rolled away, it was empty. Those messages are gone. Mm. So Paul addresses, he's very passionate about this idea of new life, and he addresses it in some of his other letters. And I'd just like to read a few of those verses. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 from the Amplified says, We have therefore been buried with him through baptism. So we got this symbolism of baptism. You know, the the old self is going down in the water, but when we come up out of the water, it's the new self. So we have been buried with him through baptism unto death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk, and I love this, habitually, so we need to create some new patterns, right, in newness of life. And then in parentheses, it says abandoning our old ways. That's good. So in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one of my favorite verses says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone and a new life has begun. And then Ephesians chapter 4, verses 23 and 24 say, instead Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Mm -hmm. So that's that new, uh, abandoning your old self and creating those new patterns. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So we have a new life, a new identity. How do we live out this new identity? 
Well, I found it interesting in the blog because you answer this question by kind of taking Galatians 2.20 and flipping it upside down and working through it backwards. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, I did think that was a little odd, but when I saw it, um, I took the, I could see that this was a pattern for our new identity and some things there that would speak to that. And so I broke it into four parts. And then what jumped out at me was that last part that it was a layer, more like a foundation for which we would build on. So then I had this idea of unpacking the verse from the end and working back through the first part. And so by the the end, what you're talking about is that specific part that says, who loved me and gave himself up for me. And that how, even though that's at the end of the verse, it's truly that foundation that we're, we're putting everything onto. Right. So... Um, our foundation is who we are has to begin with the truth, the solid, unshakable truth that we are loved. It is not based on our feelings, on whether we feel loved or not, whether we feel worthy to be loved or not. It's not based on whether we have to earn that love. It is based purely and solely on the fact that God loves us before we ever did anything. And then that second part goes right with it, that Christ gave himself for me. If we could just sit with that for a minute and really take it in, Christ gave himself for you. He gave himself for me. We have had someone give their life up on our behalf so that we can have a relationship with our creator, the perfect and holy God. Our new life in Christ starts here and our identity always comes back to this point that we are loved and that Christ gave his life for us. I love this. I can absolutely see how this is building. You know, Christ lives in me comes next. And it's this reminder that we're no longer alone, that we have the power of Christ in us, that same power that raised him from the dead. This means we can live in full victory to our sins and struggles on this earth. And it so seamlessly reminds us that because Christ lives in us, or Christ lives in me, that my old self has truly been crucified with Christ. Now, Janae, you know, I I tend to think in pictures, and you know that I love cats, right? So stay with me here for a minute. But to me, there's nothing more satisfying at the end of the day than sitting down and petting a purring cat. Don't worry, it's all going to tie in. This melts my stress away. And so I used to have a cat, Dexter. He was a part of my life for 18 years. Precious cat. And he died and he is buried in my backyard. And I now have a one-year-old little cat. And actually, today's his birthday, Mozzie. (laughs) Well, happy birthday, Mozzie. (laughs) And, you know, when I sit down... I would never in a million years take Mozzie and put him to the side and then go dig up Dexter and decide to sit and pet him instead. Yeah, that's sort of morbid. It is a little morbid, but like we're never people who go to interact with dead things on purpose, right? Um, but for some reason, I think as people, we struggle with this, this draw to look backwards and pick up that old dead self. And that is so foolish when we have the new life with Christ living in us. So in order to not go backwards and in order to walk out with this new identity, let's talk about some practical ways that we can live this. Um, 
Yes. So it kind of reminds me of uh, the verse that I read, um, the Amplified Version back in Romans, where it was talking about habitually these habits, these new patterns. And then that um, in Ephesians, it said that we needed to renew our thoughts and our attitudes. We're not going back to those dead things, those old ways, those decompose that it should be decomposing it should be like if we go to try to get it it's not there anymore Mm, that's good so in order to live out this new identity then what are some steps that we have to take well i think first is you have to know your identity right yes who does christ say that i am so listen closely in colossians 3 12 it says that i am chosen i am holy and i am dearly loved So I don't know if you need to hear that today, but you are chosen, you are holy, and you are dearly loved by God. And in Ephesians 2.10, it says, you are God's workmanship. He has knit you together. It says in Psalm 139, he has created you for purpose and you are his beautiful creation, his workmanship belonging to him. That's awesome. You know, I have always loved the imagery of Hagar being out in the desert, not so much her being out of the desert, but the idea that she was just feeling all alone and then suddenly God interacts with her and she gives him the name of the God who sees her. And so where when it comes to my identity, and maybe someone else can connect to this, I am seen. Oh, that's good. I am seen. Um, I also love in Genesis in the very first chapter where God makes us and creates us as his image bearers. So what that says to us is that, you know, Jesus is the only one who walked on earth, who was the full embodiment of God in his character. But in creation and creating humanity, as he created each of us and knit us together in our mother's womb, he was creating a piece of him woven into us Mm. so that we in turn could be image bearers and reflect uh, a piece of him to the world. So I am an image bearer. And then um, I love Isaiah chapter 43, verse four, actually had it painted on my daughter's wall in her bedroom growing up. Um, And it says, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. And this is words of God to the people of Israel and to us today that, Mm. that we are precious in his sight. But as far as my identity is concerned, I am honored. I am loved. So in addition to knowing who we are, we also need to pay attention to when we are not living in the identity Christ has given us. And we've slipped back into those old messages and paying attention to those. Exactly. So when you know who you are, you can know what you're also not, right? Um, As we learn the word, as we study the word, memorize it, tuck it deeply into our hearts, and we begin to live in the ways that God calls us to live, that knowledge can function as guardrails for our lives. We can ask the Holy Spirit to bring clarity to the steps that we are to take and help us to walk in his ways. That's right. In James, it talks about asking God for wisdom. If, he, if we ask him, he'll give it to us. And this is a great place to be asking God. I don't really know. 
Show me, show me how to walk out my identity of who you say that I am. And I don't know who is out there that maybe you have lost that or don't even know. You, you've kind of heard this. You just don't know where you are, where you're struggling with some of these old messages. But I hope if you hear anything, you are hearing that you have a new life. You have a new identity in Christ. And we just invite you and encourage you even right now to start praying and asking God to give you the wisdom you need to walk out who you are and put those old messages to death. Yes, as we close, I just want to read Romans 8, 38 and 39 as just again a reminder of how much God holds us closely and how he has completely redefined who we are. It says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast.